Hello, everyone. We're back with another episode of The Envelope from the Los Angeles Times, where we bring you in-depth conversations with some of the talents behind your favorite movies and TV shows. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Olson. And I'm your other host, Yvonne Villarreal. Okay, so Mark, tell me something. If I say the words Vanderpump Rules, what comes to mind? Okay, now you're trying to trick me here. And (laughs) I know that it's a television show, a reality show, and I know it's got something to do with a restaurant in West Hollywood. And I think there's been an affair, some sort of cheating scandal that really captivated the attention of uh, fans in the tabloid press. And that's about it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I couldn't open Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok without being inundated with information and speculation about the scandal that rocked the series. But because you're not well-versed, let me give you a Notes version of it all since you're not a student at Bravo University's (laughs) School of Messy Television. I hold a PhD, just FYI. So Vanderpump Rules is a spinoff of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that premiered in 2013 and, you know, followed the sordid drama of this good-looking waitstaff at Sir, which is a restaurant and lounge owned by former Beverly Hills housewife Lisa Vanderpump. And, you know, a decade later, hardly any of the core cast members actually still work at Sir, but their collective drama continues to provide ample entertainment. And cheating? It's part of the show's DNA, but this latest cheating scandal, nicknamed Scandaval, dropped like a bomb on the fan base. Okay, Scandaval is a word I have heard, but I wasn't sure if I was allowed to use it or not. You are, you are. So here's what happened. In March, TMZ reported that stars Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox, who were a couple for nine years, split after Sandoval had an affair with their co-star Raquel Levis. In true Bravo fashion, it gets even messier, as seen in the 10th season, which chronicles the period of time when the affair eventually began. Raquel had been making advances towards Sandoval's business partner, Tom Schwartz. And also worth knowing, Raquel used to be engaged to James Kennedy, who is also a cast member and was a good friend of Sandoval's. Are you still with me, Mark? I feel like I'm losing you. I'm a little confused by the two Toms, but I think we should just keep moving. Yes. Okay. But what set all of this off was that, you know, principal production on the season had wrapped by the time news of the affair broke. And so it sent producers sort of scrambling to get cameras back up to capture the aftermath. And it was a wild ride from start to finish. And the effort certainly caught the attention of Emmy voters. It's true. And I do know that Vanderpump Rules scored the show's first ever nominations thanks to the Scandal. Now, two nominations actually for Unstructured Reality Program and Picture Editing for Unstructured Reality Program. Exactly. And I spoke with executive producer Alex Baskin, as well as star and executive producer Lisa Vanderpump, to discuss it all. Here's our conversation. Alex and Lisa, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. (laughs) So before we dive deep into the season, congratulations on the Emmy nominations. The show received two nods, Unstructured Reality Program and Picture Editing for an Unstructured Reality Program. This is a show that's been on for 10 years, and it's the first time it's received such recognition. Alex, how did it feel? Oh, man, it felt amazing. We couldn't have been happier. It's a validation of the work that team has put into the show over the course of 10 years. And so truly shared all the way around. And 
we're really pleased. And just the fact that we are still here after 10 years and the show is the quality that it is, let alone that we're up for a couple of major awards is something of which we're very proud. Well, that sounds so calm and moderated. (laughs) I was absolutely went fucking bonkers, I have to tell you. I was so excited. I stopped the car. I started to cry because I got the like news. I was downtown at the flower market, some ungodly hour, and I got the news. And I don't know why. I think it's because it's the highest acclamation. I mean, the Emmys is just something that you hear of. You hear of it as a kid. You hear of it in the business. And always seemed not unreachable, but it, it, it seemed like something we were always reaching for. And when mm-hmm. I say the show has been on 10 years, I feel like I've aged 20 years since it's been on <laughs> all the duress and stress. But Alex and I, we just wanted to make something that was naughtier, more honest, edgier, sexier, you know, all of the superlatives. Mm-hmm. And now all these years later, to come to fruition, to be nominated for two Emmys. Yeah, I literally wet my knickers. I was so excited. I, no, I didn't, but I mean, I, I thought about it. Close, close. <laughs> you were already in production on the new season when the nominations were announced, right? Yeah. Like, how did you yes. break the news to the cast? Oh, I think we all knew at the same time. Yeah. It was it was something like wildfire. You know, it's like with any kind of thing that happens in this group because they're all so closely connected. You just think you're going to explain it to one of them and they all know it already. So there's, there wasn't much kind of telephoning. It was like, poof, it went out and it ignited. And yeah, it was very exciting. I can't minimize the excitement for me and the importance. And I know... Alex is better behaved than I am and more moderate, but I know he felt like wetting his drawers as well. I don't care what he says. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the other wildfire of this season. Let's get into the, the scandal that really turned this season on its head. When I turned 40, I had this sort of like spiritual awakening. Like I was going to break up with Ariana regardless. But you didn't. You f***ed your boss friend instead. Who on the production team did Ariana call first when she learned about the affair, Alex? And and how quickly did that get back to you? Ariana called our showrunner, Jeremiah, right away. And he then, you know, sent the information on to us as well. And then by the next day, we were in conversations with the network about picking cameras back up. And the following day, we were back up. So she discovered what she did on Tom's phone, the illicit material on Mm -hmm. Tom's phone on a Wednesday and on a Friday, we were shooting again. And we knew that the tabloids would pick this up and TMZ did on Friday. And I think that that actually in some ways played to our benefit because we had the real story. And so like really like public interest was, was crazed, but we actually had the thing that everybody needed to see. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, I was with her just literally five minutes prior to the phone falling out of the pocket. Um, But this, I mean, this was pretty much a gobsmacking revelation, but they never failed to surprise me, this group of people. I mean, for some reason, when you're really in the heart of people's lives, I mean, infidelity happens universally. 
all the time. Of course, this was different. We can talk about that. It was compounded by many different mm-hmm. factors that kind of exacerbated the importance of it or the, but you know, when you're right in the middle of people's lives that are totally honest and totally transparent and they live a, you know, a life that that's, it's full on. I mean, it really is all of them. So the, the merry-go-round has never really stopped. Mm-hmm. But this really took the biscuit. But we've dealt with many, many things over the years that we've thought, oh, who does that? And then I go, they do. You mm-hmm. know. And I, I think also that anything that would otherwise be a ripple is felt across the group. So mm-hmm. I think that this wasn't just something that involved the three principals in this, but it was something that the entire friend group felt. And there's a sense of accountability in the show, too, where Mm -hmm. this group sees themselves as a friend group that is putting their lives out there. And so they ensure that everyone else, all of their peers, has to do the same thing, is held to the same standard. So um, I think that's why you get a show that is as as honest and raw and real as it is. Yeah, transparency is paramount in this group because they feel if they're under the microscope, then damn, if if we're going down, you're all coming down with me. So that's but but that I think speaks to the essence of the show. Really, is the fact that when we created this show, the cohesion was so important to have this group where it's actually a show, if Alex and I were honest, that could almost have shot all year round because you always feel when the cameras are down, you're actually missing something. But how could we do that? I mean, we literally had a plethora of of episodes each season, but um, it was a show that was always full of vitality and life and most importantly, authenticity. And I think you can't create things that aren't happening. Well, this was all developing so fast and you're processing it all. I was processing it in the moment, yeah. taking in every TikTok. Was yeah. there a moment when it became clear that this was a full-fledged Hollywood scandal? Uh, very early on, because I, we were surprised by the level of interest. So we knew that this was going to leak, like I mentioned, and it leaked right away. But then um, there was this abiding interest in it where there was a zealous interest. And also the other thing is it didn't stop. Right. Mm-hmm. And so every development was reported with bated breath. And we kept it. It was a cat and mouse kind of thing, too, where we then were waiting for other details to emerge. And we were trying to shoot around what people and and it took on a life of its own. Like on paper, this cheating scandal on a yeah. show built on cheating scandals yeah. should should not have broken into the zeitgeist the way it did like what was different this time I mean Lisa you're sort of from this world like you know what it's like on like the real housewives how quickly things can catch but like what was it about this cheating scandal in particular that just had us riveted I, I think actually it's a good question because I've asked myself that many times to take it to this level I think it just gathered momentum and it just kept rolling and rolling. But I think what compounded it was the fact that we'd been invested in Tom and Ariana for so Mm -hmm. many years. It was almost like watching Friends and suddenly Joey and Phoebe are having an affair. It's like, what? Like, rewind the tape. What happened? We've been there. We've been in their lives. How did this happen? But it's also Tom kind of had this attitude of holding everybody to a higher standard and whatever their relationship albeit not perfect they kind of had this pretty strong sense of being right in the middle of this group and keeping Mm -hmm. it together and you'd seen Jackson Stasi fall apart you'd seen you know Tom and Katie you'd seen James 
you know, fall apart and his relationship with Raquel, Rachel, a.k.a. So, you know, to have Tom and Ariana and then drag Rachel into it, Raquel into it, to me, I was, I was, I would say gobsmacked. Gobsmacked. Mm-hmm. That's what should have been the, the name of that episode. Uh, I think one of the cast was gobsmacked as well, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. Was, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was just, it was also devastating because, Ariana had always defended Raquel and Raquel had confronted Ariana about their life, about their, and it just seems so ridiculous to have this on footage, you know, this footage. But as mm-hmm. I say, we, we capture everything and you've got these people that share their lives and boy, did they, did they share it? I think the timing also played into the impact of it too. The fact that we were just airing the rumors of this story and then we caught the aftermath of it. And then that obviously ran at the end of the season, heading right into our reunion. So it's like we were feeding the audience a story that they were already consuming. Yes. Well, I want to talk about that a little bit more because like maybe in the early seasons, if something like this happened, the sort of maybe reaction would be, let's hold this for next season to draw interest. But how has social media and the fandom shifted how critical it is to turn seasons around faster or or just to keep the narratives from spilling out from what we see on screen? We knew that it would change everything. Mm-hmm. And it would be remiss of us not to capture it then and there because going forward, everything was going to change. And as I say, it's like you've been invested in characters for so long. And I think one of the magical components of this show is the fact that people feel they've grown up with these people. Mm -hmm. And I think they felt shaken by it as well. I can't imagine us, you know, delivering this kind of footage uh, a year later. I was going to say, we did make the decision to dip down for a little bit before we brought cameras back for the next season. Because at that point, coming out of the reunion, it was clear that everybody needed a little bit of a breather. And so that we could pick up in a slightly different place that we left the group. I want to talk about that. I mean, talk about Raw. The reunion filmed a couple of weeks after the scandal broke. And from what I remember, that date had long been set. Um, but But it made for a very intense and hostile reunion. Emotions were high. The dust hadn't settled yet. So, like, Alex, how was it in Video Village watching it all go down? It was incredibly intense. And we knew that right out of the gate that everybody would be really charged up. And frankly, it made it difficult to talk about the season preceding this because it all felt very small relative to this. Because I've been a people pleaser my whole life and I dropped that mentality. And this was something that I was curious to see. So my dog had just died. I cried in your fucking arms. And you thought, I should go fuck her boyfriend. You are lower than the fucking lowest of low people. You really are. You're a fucking psychopath. You are terrifying to me as a person. The fact that you are capable of this shit, unfucking believable. You're a dementor. I know you like Harry Potter. You're a fucking dementor. I would love to have been in Video Village, by the way. I would love to have been in <laughs> that hot seat that I was on. That one. I wasn't so comfortable. Yeah. The well, talent yeah. had to be out there. 
as a producer, I wanted to be back there hiding with you, watching through the cracks. <laughs> but, one, but one of the things that we did deliberately, speaking of that, is that we actually changed the alignment of the, the set, right? Because mm -hmm. usually yeah. Lisa is sitting level with Andy and we actually tilted her a little bit more toward the group that needed her, which was, you know, obviously on Tom's side. Where I felt that, actually... didn't I? We, we talked about that. We talked about, I said, I, I just can't be kind of like placed as an adversarial position. You know, I, I just felt it was so heavily weighted on the other side, as it should be. I mean, they all had mm -hmm. their reasons, but um, it was very difficult. Over the years, I think some of my real highs and lows have been on the journey with this show. It's just, I, it's extraordinary to me. And you know what? I cannot, Yvonne, I cannot mm -hmm. minimize the importance of the crew because we talk about the talent, but the crew the, it, the overarching kind of familial feel as a family in this group is just extraordinary. And when you've got people that are opening their lives and their emotions to the camera to be so public, it's so important to have those people mm -hmm. right there by our side. I have utmost respect for everybody. Mm -hmm. So if we win this Emmy, which I would love to do more than anything after all these years, it's for them just, you know, who have given so much of their lives to really making this the show, the show it has been. And I can't, can't thank them enough, really. More with Alex Baskin and Lisa Vanderpump after the break. If you're enjoying this interview and want to keep up with future episodes, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, leave us a rating and review. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Envelope and my conversation with Alex Baskin and Lisa Vanderpump. Alex, is there anything you would have done differently when it came to responding to the scandal production-wise? Do you wish you would have waited a little bit for the reunion so tempers could have sort of eased a bit? Or how are you feeling about how you guys did capture things? I think that we handled it the best that we could in the moment. And so I really stand behind it and I'm proud of it. I think the one thing that they have done differently, and we had a million conversations about this in the re lead up to the reunion, would have been maybe not to have Tom Sandoval on the stage from the beginning, because mm -hmm. I think that it might have helped to have some other conversations. And I think with him out there, I think then we were at yeah. you know, a million yeah. right away. So, but mm -hmm. that's, that, would, that would be it to me. Yep, the season was great prior to Scandal. Yeah. We really felt we'd had a slow season the season before, nine. I felt the stagnation of COVID and the restaurants and everything about it. It felt to put kind of pressure that I, I think we kind of created a different show in season nine and it didn't feel that good to me. So season 10 was back full of gusto and I felt we'd hit our stride again regardless of, of, of what was about to transpire. And all those other stories kind of got pushed aside a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. it's always the loudest voice in the room. But yeah, it was pretty amazing, the whole thing, the way it went down. Yeah, because going into it, were you thinking the Katie, Tom, like Schwartz thing and, yes. or the Randall yes. Emmett scandal yeah. was yes. going to... Yeah. yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of story, a lot of content. 
people's relationships had all changed. There were stories to tell, and I felt it was a great season. I was very happy as, you know, part of being part of the cast, but as a producer, Alex and I worked very closely together. We were like, this is a great season. I really felt we're back, and then poof. You know, to be sitting at the White House Correspondents' Dinner and the President's roasting speech, twice they talk about ban and pump rules. I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> how did this happen? And also, because it's an eponymous show, like if I ever I booked a table with a name ban and pump, and it was just like, oh, I think I'll stay home for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lisa, I mean, your personal life or even your dynamics with co-stars is not as central to the drama of Vanderpump Rules, but... It was while you were on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, what have you learned about the trappings of living your life on TV? Well, I think there's there's the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, there's so much good that comes from it. You know, I hate it when people leave a show and then they go on to negate it. And, you know, I've never done that about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I've said, you know, I didn't have a good time with the group. But the whole premise of the show, what it did for me, um, what I learned from it, and then working with Alex, because it was after the second season, or that I was given my spin-off. Of course, I think that provoked a certain amount mm-hmm. of feelings with the other women as well. But I've learned that authenticity is absolutely key. You know, if you're full of crap, I think the audience sniff it out like a dog with a truffle. You know, it, it's like it, you've got to be an, an honest and own your mistakes. And Alex always said to me, you're one of the only cast members that's never said to me, take this out, take this out. Mm. And I always think, well, if I've screwed up or said something inappropriate, which is very possible, then, you know, it's I'm going to learn from it. Or, you know, I, I said it for a reason. But um, there's been many advantages and there's been some parts, that, of course, when you see these endless kind of litany of things written about you that aren't true, um, you know, what do you do? You kind of end up cutting yourselves off from it. But I would not change it. I'm never going to negate it. I've had a brilliant brilliant amount of opportunities i've had a great relationship with as i say with production over the years i've had my down moments you know would you go back i mean we've seen a few housewives that have departed return to their uh franchises i mean lisa rin has gone would you ever consider going Hmm. back well that was definitely a point in the right direction her going Mm -hmm. but um at the time I'm opening two new restaurants for, you know, that's my primary business. It always was as a restaurateur. I've got another project coming up and, and Vanderpump Rules took up a lot of time. So it's kind of a wife and a mother and a businesswoman. When it was fun, I enjoyed it. But when it kind of kept turning against me, I just thought, no, this makes me unhappy. And I left, and Alex knows this better than anybody, at a very, very vulnerable time in my life, you know, that a moment when I lost my brother that changed everything. And I just, I didn't feel that I wanted any contention in my life. And and it's very different on Vanderpump Rules because I'm more of a matriarchal figure and a mentor and guidance. I would say one's a pigeon, one's a statue. In, uh, you know, Housewives, I was a statue. And <laughs> Vanderpump Rules, I was a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm choosing to hear Never Say Never from that response. That's what I'm choosing uh, to hear. <laughs> I hear it a lot, but I think I can probably won't say never. Okay. <laughs> well, the door's always open. Yeah. Andy said yeah. that. I'll see what's going on. Well, production is well underway on season 11 of Vanderpump Rules. 
Alex, how would you say the scandal has shifted the dynamics of the cast? And have we reached a saturation point with the scandal in your view? Well, I think that um, you know the scandal has shattered the relationships among the cast. And I think this season is about trying to put the pieces back together. So I think even among the group, I think there is an interest in moving on and moving forward. And we it certainly- took a while, Alex. It, it, Well, it, it did, but they, but I will say that from the beginning of this season, we don't sort of delve into all of the gory, grubby details that we just, you know, kind of don't care about anymore. But I think that, you know, it's fascinating and compelling to see a group that has been through so much together and, uh, you know, um, for whom no one has clean hands or, or, you know, within no one has clean hands to then figure out how to come back together. And like Lisa said, it's been very challenging for them. And frankly, as of this conversation, it's still very much in process. Mm. And it changes. It changes. Something this kind of catastrophic or cataclysmic or emotionally, it has to change. It has to. So you're going to see that for sure. But, you know, that's what I think the magic of this show is, Alex. I think there's a lot of young people that identify with a group and shenanigans and what yeah. transpires. And there's a lot of older people that watch the show, you know, tell me. I meet so many people, especially in the restaurant business, say, oh, my God, I reminisce over, you know, being somebody of that age when I yeah, was in yeah. college or when I was working in restaurants. And and unfortunately in life, shit happens, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of people, that's why they relate to the show. Well, I'm curious. I mean, because Ariana has made it clear that she would not film with Sandoval or Raquel, but obviously photos leaked of them shooting at the same location, even though they kept their distance. Like, what have the negotiations been like when you have people not wanting to film with certain folks? Well, they actually live in the same house. Yvonne, I know they which do. It's a I, very strange story to tell. And we've shown a lot of that story, which to me, again, just when you think you know what's going on with this group, you don't understand it at all. They mm-hmm. have their reasons. They've done so many things over the years. I mean, if it was Ken and I, that was the last place on earth that I would want to live is in the same house. Go figure. We tell their story. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a very interesting part of that. Look, we you cannot force anyone to film with each other practically, right? So it's a series of conversations, and you do not want any member of the group to dictate terms under which he or she participates yeah. within the group. But on the other side of things, you can't, as a practical matter, and wouldn't want to force any act- interactions that don't make sense. But as Lisa said, I would hasten to point out, they live together. And and we do capture that dynamic and document that. Which is so strange, it's it's thing, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it, Alex? I, I mean, I'm not going to explain it because I don't want to ruin it, but how we've captured that, the individuality in, in the same, very strange, very strange. But, you know, nothing there's about a, this group a, yeah. is normal. <laughs> no, and there's a system through which they communicate with each other. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, I don't think it's a secret that production on the new season is underway at a critical moment in the scripted space. Writers and actors are on strike and Hollywood is basically um, in a gridlock. Lisa, you touched on this. Some of Bravo's biggest stars have ignited some discussion about the place of reality stars in the ecosystem and maybe what contractual shifts should happen. Bethany 
Frankel suggested reality stars deserve residuals. How do you feel about the conversation that's been happening? I think that, you know, one of the great things about reality shows is that they've always been able to be produced for less money than scripted shows. And I don't really understand how you can have a union for people that are normally plucked out of obscurity. Um, You know, I'm very happy with what I've been paid over the years. I think the first season is always like uh, an audition. And then it's what you make of it, you know. And then, I mean, look, I've been a producer now for 11 years. I'm thankful to the network, thankful for the opportunities and chances that they've given me. So, um, I don't know, advocating for a reality star union? I'm not sure about that. I'm really not. As I say, I think it would change the business. What do you think, Alex? You've been in this for a long time. Is it? Does it feel like a natural evolution for reality, considering how it's sort of become a real centerpiece of programming? I mean, I think that uh, Lisa's point is really valid, where I think it's something that's worth consideration. And I do understand the premise that these shows are run many times over. And so I understand that. But at the same time, there's the economic reality of, as Lisa indicated, that unscripted programming exists in large part because it's a better price point. And so I do think that there's an impact on the other side of it. So I think it's a worthwhile conversation to have. and And I think for producers and behind the scenes personnel as well. Um, so I think it's good that we're having that dialogue, but um, but I'm not sure that the immediate cessation of participation in the show yes. is, you know, is going to solve anything. I'm sure it's a conversation that is only just starting, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see where it goes. Before I let you go, what can you tell us about the Vanderpump Rules spinoff that's in development at Bravo that could include Jax, Brittany, and Kristen? Like, tell me about this. So what I can tell you is that this is an extended friend group. And just because people are no longer on Vanderpump Rules does not mean that they go away completely. And so it would make sense that we would uh, revisit the extended friend group. Mm. Lisa? Also, you know, it's a totally different stage of their life, you know. And I think that's interesting, too, the fact that suddenly you see dynamics have changed and you know you've seen this group struggle to grow up so yeah I don't think we would try to recreate another man of pump rules I think that would be impossible we mm-hmm. started with an authentic group and and that's the way we'll end up but definitely there's some kind of progress so to speak in life that you know a journey and I think it'd be interesting to capture that too well as we like to say about the valley they are over the hill but not over the hill <laughs> has has production started on capturing what this could look like already? I mean, production's been occupied. Okay. It started. Okay. Just give her a bone. <laughs> give me a bone. <laughs> has uh, Mima's has Mima's beer cheese made an appearance yet? Like, have we gotten that far? <laughs> I, I'm not saying anything, but it's definitely, I will tell you the truth. Cut basket out. Yes, it's definitely started. <laughs> well, he's gonna I, kill me. <laughs> well, I I <laughs> hope it makes it to the screen. Um, because 
we could all use a little reminder of where it all started with some of those characters. Yeah. But congratulations again on the Emmy nominations. I I know it's sort of up in the air when this ceremony will happen, but I'm eager to see what comes of it. I don't mind when it happens, you know. I know it's delayed, but it just gives us a chance to be nominated just that bit longer, you know. Right. So I'm still riding the wave. I know it sounds so cliche, and Alex is like, I, I want to win it. I want to win it. I'm like, of course, we all do. But to be nominated, I mean, that's still life changing as well. So utmost respect for however we got there. Thank you. Really, really. Did you hear from any of uh, your former Housewives castmates? Any congratulations? Oh, I'm sure they were jumping for joy. No, I didn't hear. Not, not a squeak. It was crickets. <laughs> they all congratulated me, Lisa. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. I'm looking forward to seeing the new season. Thanks, Yvonne. Thank you. Pleasure. We appreciate it. The Envelope is a Los Angeles Times production. It is produced by Taya Francesca Price and Mara Laser, and edited by Mitra Caboli. This episode was mixed and mastered by Mario Diaz. Our executive producer is Hiba Elarbani. Our theme music is by Mike Heflin. Special thanks to Matt Brennan, Jasmine Aguilera, Shawnee Hilton, Elena Howe, Kayla Bell, Patricia Gardner, Dylan Harris, Brandon Sides, David Viramontes, and Vanessa Franco. I'm your host, Ivan Villarreal. And I'm Mark Olson. Thanks for listening.